In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we are thankful for this beautiful Sunday that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, to, to be here, and we praise you that we're in this church. I ask you, Lord, to just fill our hearts with your love and your joy, especially on this great feast day of your divine mercy. Help us to know uh, how greatly you love us and how desperately you desire to give us your love and mercy. We ask this prayer for our family members, all of those who are sick and lonely, that you would bless and protect them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So just kind of a word of encouragement before I get into my main points here. Uh, the weather is beautiful today, right? So it's starting to get more amazing outside. And the temptation can be when, when the weather becomes more beautiful is to leave Sunday Mass as kind of the last thing, you know? We want to go outside, we want to enjoy the weather, we want to enjoy uh, what is there. But the greatest gift that we can receive is in this church. And so I want to encourage us, as the weather becomes nicer, to not leave church last. Um, and to really make church a priority. And then you can go out onto your lakes and your boats and do whatever you want to do, okay? But just kind of a word of encouragement. This is our home. This is our place where we need to praise God and worship Him every single Sunday. And on this awesome Sunday, we are actually celebrating two very great feast days in the church. The first is actually called New Sunday, Choshaba Chatha in Chaldean. And what it means is on this day, we are remembering God giving us new life. You know, Jesus rose from the dead on this Easter, and we're remembering him giving us this newness, this renewal. And then two is Divine Mercy Sunday. On this feast day is remembered from St. Faustina. She was a nun in Poland that Jesus appeared to. And she has an entire diary where Jesus spoke to her. Jesus revealed things to her. And one of the things he revealed to her was this picture of divine mercy uh, that all of the khaltus have in their homes that are bedazzled, right? And this beautiful image uh, is a, remember, a reminder to us of God's mercy, of his love. And so we also celebrate that great feast. As I've been thinking about mercy and what mercy means, mercy means to be compassionate, it means to love, it means to be forgiving, to be understanding of other people. That's what mercy is. And that's what we're doing here on this Sunday. When I think about my own life, I think about the countless times God has been merciful to me. The numerous times God has forgiven me. The times where God has just saved me as a person, as his child, as his son. And if we just went for a minute to think about how many times God has saved us. How many times God has been merciful to us in our life. I think we would really be amazed at what he's done. When I think of God saving me, I actually think of a very specific moment in my life. And I was probably about 17 or 18 years old. And I was driving home from work one day. And I'm driving in my car and all of a sudden I get rear-ended. And so I can't see out my back window. And so I pull forward and as I pull forward, I realize once I look back, that I was rear-ended by a semi-truck. 
And so the first thought that came to mind, first of all, was it was a new car. My dad was going to kill me, okay? Because even though it wasn't my fault, you know how Chaldeans' dads are. They always make it your fault somehow, right? <laughs> so I'm freaking out as this is happening because I'm thinking I'm going to be killed, okay? And I'm thinking this is a new car, this is a new ride that I have, and it's going to be completely ruined. I was just rear-ended by a semi. So I'm sitting, we pull off to the side, and I'm realizing that the guy in his semi is not coming out. And I'm looking behind and his entire front is ruined of his semi truck. So I walk out of my car and I go to look at the back of my car, nothing was wrong with my car. Not one thing was wrong. The guy, the driver of the truck comes out and he's literally trembling. He couldn't believe that I was standing in front of him. He literally said, I thought you would be dead. He comes out, I look at my car, I'm still amazed. And I was thinking about how I was complaining in that car ride, thinking that my car was going to be ruined and being annoyed that my car was going to be ruined, but I didn't even realize that I was standing on my own two feet and that nothing was wrong with me. And this is what happens in our life. We don't realize how much God is doing for us. We don't realize how much God has done for us because we're constantly focused on the bad, on the negative, on the things we don't have. I'm Chaldean, so I don't believe right away, just like Thomas in the Gospel. So I took my car to the dealer later on. And I took it to the dealer, honestly, just to make sure that nothing was wrong, that nothing was leaking, even though there was no damage. I was still having a hard time even believing what happened. So I took my car to the dealer. I didn't tell him a thing. I didn't tell him what happened. I just said, I want you to check out my car. Let me know what's going on with it. He takes my car. He checks it, does everything. He comes back. He's like, your car is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So I said to him, would you believe if I told you I just got rear-ended by a semi-truck? He couldn't even believe it. I think about that moment when I think about how God has had mercy on me, how God has saved me numerous times, numerous times. A couple, just about five years ago, I went to Iraq and we went in 2017. So it was when Daesh and ISIS were still there. My mom was completely freaking out while we were there. And so we were driving on a road and if you've been to Iraq recently, or at any time, you know that in the roads there are checkpoints. There's checkpoints in the roads and they check to make sure uh, who you are, where you're going, what you're doing. So we got stopped in the road by this checkpoint. And they took our passports, they're checking it out, they're looking at us, they see that we're priests. And the guy in the booth, he says to the driver that ahead of us there's bombings happening. And I can let you go, but you'll probably be bombed. So I'm going to tell you to turn around and go back to where you were coming from. So you can pull forward and go back home. Another moment where God saved me. Where God protected me. And when I think of all of these moments where God has worked, where God has given me His mercy, God has done things bigger than that. And what has He done? He saved me from my sin. 
God has saved us from our sin. Before I was in seminary, I was living a very addictive life to many things. Today, I can't even imagine what I would be addicted to because there are so many more things today to be addicted to than when I was growing up. But the things I was addicted to were leading me away from God and leading me to live a double life. Yeah, on Sunday I was in church, during the week I was serving, I was doing volunteering in the church, but it didn't match up with my life that I was living with my friends, that I was living outside in the world, until I went on a retreat called Kairos. I went on this retreat and God made it very clear on this retreat that he was calling me to be a priest. And in that moment I said, if God is really calling me, I need to change my life. Because if he's calling me, I need to be totally for him. You know, we heard from, from this reading, the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we have two people that sold the property of their land and they go to the apostles and they only give up the apostles a part of that portion of their money. And at that time, all the money was held together. It literally says no one was in need. No one was needy. But these people kept a portion of their money for themselves because they didn't trust that God would provide. They didn't trust that they would be taken care of by the apostles. And what happens? They're caught and they die. Look at Thomas in the Gospel. You know, the disciples are all gathered together on Easter Sunday and Jesus appears to them but Thomas is not there and the question I've been asking myself is where where is Thomas I mean think about it think about your own families think about going through something very tragic going through something very horrible a loved one dies something happens you are going to be together for a very long time Especially as Chaldeans, we have things like the 7th, the 40th, the year, and we're together during those times. So where was Thomas? Three days after Jesus was just crucified, tortured, killed, murdered, and where is Thomas? And what happens? He comes back, the disciples tell him, we saw Jesus, we saw the Lord, and he can't believe it. Because the truth is two things. Just like Ananias and Sapphira, when I don't give God my all, I will doubt Him. When I don't stick with the church, stick with the apostles, I will doubt Him. Thomas was away from the apostles. Thomas was away from the church. And when he was away, he doubted God. He wouldn't believe until he would see. So there are two things that we need to take away from this beautiful feast day, this beautiful Sunday. One, God is so merciful. And God wants to give us His mercy. But we have to run to Him in order to receive that mercy. The two things that changed me in my life, that helped me to run away from my addictions and to run to God. One, the Eucharist. Sitting with Jesus in the Eucharist praying with the Eucharist, receiving the Eucharist, and two, confession. I love confession as a priest because I know how much it does for me now and how much it's done for me in my life. 
Never run away from the Eucharist. Never run away from confession. When we run away from these things, my brothers and sisters, we will only be like Thomas and doubt. We won't believe. We won't understand the gifts that God has waiting for us. And so on this day, let's make that commitment to God. Give Him our all. Whatever we need to change, Jesus wants to transform it, but He can only do it through His Eucharist and through confession. And so let's give Him that glory. Let's give Him that power over us. Amen.